0: You're listening to the Non-Tech Founders Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Non-Tech Founders Podcast. Fortnightly conversations about running a business as a non-technical founder. I'm Laura. And I'm Nathan. Join us as we navigate the developer-dominated world of entrepreneurship, bootstrapping and beyond. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about setting goals and why they are so important. We're going to also talk about splitting your work into sprints and taking regular time off. So this is something we've been, well, we've sort of been discussing because it's something that I've been doing for this year, really. So 2023, it's now April. April. I feel like it's completely changed my business forever, particularly the setting goals part, because it's never something I've done before. I've always tried to set goals in the past. Um, you You know, people will say set goals and I'll be like, okay, here's a goal. And then I'll never really look at it again. I'll never know if I've really achieved it. I don't know how to set a good goal. And it sort of seemed pointless. So for many years, I was saying setting goals is silly. It's just taking you away from it's you know it's making excuses because i see you know myself in the past and then i sometimes see other people spend a lot of time planning things and setting goals without getting actual work done and i sort of thought well goals are just you know to try to procrastinate getting the hard work done that nobody wants to do but i've completely changed my mind now actually setting goals are really really important and really valuable I don't know about you, Nathan, if you have had any experience in setting goals in the past or now.
0: I've never really been a goal setter, but I think. Worse than that, (laughs) I've never really been a believer in goals. It just seems like too definite, like that line in the sand to say that, okay, so if this new business or this new app or this new idea or whatever, isn't going to be working or isn't generating as much revenue or whatever the goal might be by this particular time, then that's it. It needs to just, it needs to die and it needs to go away. For me, that just seems like a very sort of very drastic thing to 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 say or to do or to, and I think I'm more. <laughs> I think I'm more well. If I do see a bit of progress, or if you know, if I can see something positive happening, then I'm willing to give it a bit longer, and so then the goal kind of loses its original value. You know, of I, I can see the value of like, okay, so I have to work towards that goal, and how, maybe that helps to push this further out because I can see things improving or getting better or whatever the metric might be. But I yeah, I feel I've always felt that they were just too abstract. Too abstract and limiting as well at the same time. Like I'm not willing to just say, right, okay, on the first of June, if this isn't happening, then it's not happening. Um that's not to say that I can't be completely irrational and just all of a sudden one day decide that, you know, something is or isn't gonna gonna work out or gonna but yeah, just the idea of actually having something set on the calendar as a a deadline or an end point um I think it's I don't know if it's just there's something about it that just doesn't quite work with me or or has never worked in the past anyway and maybe that's just a personality thing I don't know I
1: don't think it is because I honestly felt the same and I completely understand where you're coming from I think the Problem can be, you know, if you see it as something that is, you know, by the 1st of June, this has to happen or else, you know, the business has failed. Obviously, I know you were being maybe a bit extreme there, but that's not really the point. Like it doesn't matter. Meeting a goal isn't necessarily winning and not meeting a goal isn't necessarily losing. It's more like you're trying things and experimenting and seeing what works, doing more of that, seeing what doesn't work and either tweaking it until it does work or thinking, okay, that's not the right path to go down, but I have all these things I can try here. And for me, setting goals was really the turning point for me was it was allowing me to have sort of really laser focus on what I'm working towards and why I'm doing it. And everything that I was doing, I could ask myself, is this going to achieve the goal that I have set for this quarter or you know however often you do it and if the answer was no if it was no but it's still valuable I would say okay well it may, in the future this should be a new goal so I'll write it down forget about it um if it's no and it's not really valuable well why am I doing it is it something that needs to be done okay can I outsource that or is it something that I just think needs to be done but actually if I really prioritize which I as we talked about last time, we absolutely have to then we can just um get rid of it so that's been Actually, the change yeah. for me
0: yeah now, now you're speaking now you're saying it out loud again <laughs> um I think maybe maybe I was turning or maybe I've in the past I've always held the idea of a goal as being a deadline whereas obviously it's not um at all <laughs> the same thing I mean it could be it could be but I think yeah there's, there's the working towards a goal as opposed to working towards a deadline are two completely different things so i think i think in the past i've always thought of them as being the same or sort of interchangeable yeah um, and maybe and maybe that's where i've not really got on with the idea of of goals at all um so that's i think probably an important distinction at least for me to make anyway
1: yeah well i think you actually do need a deadline but not a deadline in the sense of like if it's not done by now it's pointless but a deadline in the sense of on this date, I'm going to review the goal and see where I'm at, you know, and then reevaluate. So it's not like this is a deadline. If I don't hit it by then, I'm a complete failure. It's like, this is the deadline that I'm going to look to see how, whether I've matched it, exceeded it, or just not reached it at all and then see what happens there. But I think what's, I think one of the other things that's been really important for me in setting goals is the measuring part of it. Because the goals that I'd set before were a little bit too abstract and um, a little bit like way more steps ahead than I can realistically measure. So I'd be like, you know, by the end of the year, I want to have a business that's making X or something, or I want to have this product released or something like that. Something really big that's like 50 steps ahead, really. And that's kind of hard to work towards because what does that mean? Okay, so my business is, I want my business to be making this. Well, okay, there's a thousand things I could be doing to make my business make that. So that's not a specific enough goal. So they have to be really specific. And the first thing for me that I did that um, I haven't done before, and I don't know, people listening might think, wow, she's been in business how long and she hasn't done this, but I wasn't tracking any metrics at all. They were being tracked, so I use Easy Digital Downloads for Client Portal. And so I knew I could always access a report if I needed to, Um, but I wasn't actively tracking it. So the first thing that I did in January is I created a spreadsheet that was basically just the, you know, whatever my funnel is, which looks the same as pretty much every other business funnel, you know, leads, where are they coming from? How many leads convert into potential prospects via getting on my email list? Um, What's the percentage of that? And, you know, maths isn't my strong point. So I did really struggle with this and I had to ask for help, but I would sort of go through what I thought every stage in the customer's journey would be and where they would go at different points and see how can I measure that? You know, how many people bought, how many people upgraded, how many people asked for a refund, how many people did this, that, and whatever. And having that there made it so I could when I'm setting a goal I can look at that funnel and say okay so which part of the funnel is this goal hopefully going to improve is it going to be um, is it going to get me more leads or is it going to increase the amount of people that sign up to my email list or is it going to increase the amount of sales or is it going to decrease the amount of refunds and I could sort of see how all these tasks that I'm doing like they aligned to different parts of my funnel and That sounds so obvious now I'm saying it. And I feel like that's something that most business owners know and do already, but I wasn't. And it was really a big mindset shift for me. So I can tell you like with them, because we talked about before how I've been doing these workshops for Client Portal. Um, So I'll tell you how my goal kind of looks for that and how I'm going to be measuring it. The workshops for Client Portal for anyone who hasn't heard the episode where we talked about it was I'm doing um, workshops for, to help service providers become six plus bigger businesses. So like educational workshops. Then I'm doing another set of workshops for client portal customers to help get them to use the product even better um, and to ha- get them to have lots of you know great success with it. Um, and then I'm doing a third set of workshops for people who aren't client portal customers who are specifically interested in client portal to see like a demo and do like a Q and A and you know, try to figure out if the um, workshop was good for them. In all of these different workshops, I can say, okay, so the one for the client portal customers, well, where does that relate to my funnel? Well, I would hope that by helping client portal customers get set up as quickly as possible and get them using it, get them loving client portal, I would like to see my refund rate drop by X percent, by, and I'll just pick a random you know, time when I think that would be it, a few months from now for the demos, I would expect to see more people by client portal because, you know, I'm actively promoting it to people on my list. So I would expect to earn X amount extra just from the promos. And I would, you know, have like a code so I could see what's come from the actual promos and, you know, I have like an actual amount and I can see that goes from there for the service business one, uh, improving that that's not a metric I'm tracking right now. But in the future, I have a plan later in the year to have that help me get more leads to client portal so I can see how that's affected that. And just kind of splitting it out in that way, like writing down the funnel and writing down all my numbers and then seeing what I think needs to happen and where it's going to relate has really helped me really focus and feel like, oh, I'm actually doing something, you know for my business. So it's been just, yeah, completely, it's completely changed the way I think about what I do day to day, instead of just doing any task that I thought will probably help the business and maybe get it to whatever I want the business to be earning. But I don't actually know if it's working or not.
0: So how did you go from skeptic to believer? What was the change?
1: Um, I hired a business coach and he kind of you know, I was a bit skeptical of hiring a business coach. Um, but my husband who also, you know, does similar, you know, runs a software company and all that, um, wanted to hire one. And there was one that we kind of knew in our local area. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. I thought, okay, we'll go for it. And, you know, he was, he just having a few sessions with him, like his first thing is, okay. So, where do you want to be? What are your dreams? And he would start super like abstract, like what are your dreams for life? like do you want big, fast cars or like you know all this kind of stuff like figuring out what we desire and so we had to figure that out and then figure out what that means for our business and how we can work that around our life and everything he just drummed into us goals, 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 because if you don't know where you're going, like how can you you know it's kind of like if and if you've ever been kayaking. But if you're kayaking and you're just looking directly, like kind of down in the next bit of water that's right in front of you, you're going to probably like go in circles. If you look straight ahead, kind of more towards the horizon, you'll suddenly find yourself going in a straight line to that point. Um, So it's kind of like that. So without looking at that goal ahead, you know, you'll probably just end up like spinning in circles or maybe meandering off, like getting distracted, going on tangents, but you need to be like looking at this Mm. one thing and forgetting everything else. Um, so that was what really changed it for me. And actually I also used to be really skeptical of business coaches. Um, and now I say, actually I should have done that a long time ago. And I'd probably recommend other people if possible, get someone, but get someone who is actually a business coach because, yeah, you know, tricky. not just someone you look up to, um, was this, someone is an ad
0: hoc thing or is this, is this ongoing? It's ongoing.
1: Coach? So it's every fortnight. So every two weeks I'm actually seeing him on Wednesday and you know, that's the other thing. It's the accountability of every two weeks. At first I thought that was going to be too much. Um, but it's, you know, it sort of prompts me to have something to say in that two weeks and, you know, mm. he's quite good because he knows, you know, he knows when like I'm making an excuse, like he's heard it all before. He's done it for so long. You know, he can put me in my place, but you know, in a nice, in, in a nice way, but he definitely knows when I'm just, you know, talking crap basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, <laughs> so cool. good. No, it's good to hear where the change came from. Because like you said, you know, in the past, if you were like me and found them a bit wishy washy and I think, I think that's the hard thing though, isn't it? It's, it's like you said, the obvious um benefit to the goal is having that complete focus but i think that's what almost scares me away as well because obviously focus is is a tricky thing for me anyway but the whole idea of having to just like push everything else aside and just you know be sort of ruthless in your in your in your sort of movement towards whatever that that goal is um i think it would be it would be really really difficult for for me to be able to be sure enough about something to be able to push everything else off and say okay this is the focus and even if I was in a difficult situation <laughs> you know where I needed to make money or whatever and be able to say okay well everything else is going to be pushed away even that knowing that I need to make money I think would still be difficult for me Yeah. and again I don't know if that's a, like a personality thing of just almost like a fear maybe of having to give up certain opportunities because that one goal at the end means just that that you have to you know be working on that whether it's you know in the sprints that you've mentioned in past episodes or through other means you know I think there's I think fear might be actually part of it now we're speaking about this
1: I mean it is it is scary it's like it it's completely understandable I still don't think it's a personality thing though necessarily but it is a fear thing um but I I do think that focus is really important um at least it has been for me you know I haven't built you know dozens of businesses, so I don't feel like I'm really an authority on this, but for me, I feel like focus is so important and thinking about you know short term medium term long term goals so like your long term goal is to have you know your software company feature flux you know being your sole thing, but maybe your short term goal your short term goal is you have to you know make x amount of money in order to live a comfortable life and give you the, you know, stability that you need for you and your daughter and everything to be able to work on feature flux without fear dictating what you're doing. Because fear is not very helpful when you're building a business. I mean, I think for some people, maybe it can be, but fear can kind of hold you back or it can make you like, panic and like jump from thing to thing and you see something that someone else is doing and you think I have to do that, then you think I have Mm. to do that and someone will say why aren't you doing this and you'll say why aren't I doing that, is that why it's not working and fear can just make, it can just make you make really bad decisions. So maybe you know I have you know three goals and they can be sort of on different areas so your goal for your you know your short term goal which is your earning enough income okay what do you need to do to get that And then, you know, you can have something that's a goal to get you one step closer to your ultimate goal of having a feature flux. Um, But seeing that more as like a long term kind of thing, perhaps, I don't know, that's Mm -hmm. probably how I would do it. But again, you could also just say, you know what, I'm just going to go all in on feature flux and I'm going to make it work. Some people would do that and just jump in and take that risk there. So
0: yeah
1: it's it's I'm difficult
0: not, i'm not at that stage of life anymore to be able to do that so
1: <laughs> yeah well exactly meaning i've never been really i'm very risk averse kind of person and yeah, i think maybe it's
0: 20 20 years ago maybe but not now Too yeah
1: exactly it is difficult especially when you've got family and stuff you've exactly. got to provide for it's one thing when you're on your own but yeah it does get a bit more difficult so
0: so once you've got those goals set then how do you how do you work towards those are you setting up sort of Are you cycling through, through weeks where you're looking at certain items or how do you, how do you work towards that goal? And what is it over over a quarter or over six months? year?
1: Yeah. So I do, so I've started doing six week sprints where every, um, I basically work on one. I have one focus for six weeks, but my goals are actually quarterly. And the reason that my goals are quarterly, it doesn't always line up. It's not necessarily the neatest way to do things, but I did the sprints before I got this business coach. And part of having this business coach is every quarter you get together in this group, you go to, you know, a hotel conference room and it's almost like a conference day and you spend the morning listening to talks. And then the afternoon is where you do your quarterly planning. So everyone does their own quarterly planning for their business together. And at the end of it, you have to come out with three goals for the next quarter. So um I but I prefer to work in 6 week sprints because I'm finding this is really helpful for me so I have 6 weeks where I focus on one thing so my current sprint which has actually just ended is was on doing the workshops so 6 weeks and all I'm doing is creating workshops promoting workshops and running workshops Um, and you know, I have the first week, which is mostly planning then four weeks of real execution. And then the sixth week is meant to be for, um, you know, analyzing it. However, I ended up working right to the sixth week because my daughter was off nursery for quite a lot this last month. So I didn't get as much time as I wanted to, you know, do that. Um, and then after the six weeks are over, I am forcing myself to take a one week break where I don't go anywhere. I stay at home, but it's one week off work. Um, And actually that is this week. So this is the only work task I'm doing this week is recording this podcast. It's actually hard for me to do that because I'm actually really motivated right now to work. But I think having this one week um, stops me from being really overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that I have to do. And it's something I can look forward to. Um, you know, I can plan things that I'm going to do in this week, even if it's just, you know, watching Netflix or cleaning the house, or you know, I can go out to lunch or just do anything that I want, and it's just my week, and Sorry, I have to take it. That sounds good to
0: me. I don't, I don't think I would need to have my arm twisted to take that week uh, sabbatical. Yeah, I, I could stay away from the emails and all of that. Maybe it's I'd be tempted hard. to jump in, but
1: it's hard because you, you feel guilty. Like it's not what we're brought up thinking happens like we don't we're not meant to get much time off work we're meant to work all the time and if we're a business owner I mean I think I I don't know but maybe I feel like I've probably had less time off work than maybe if I was employed because at least here you get like a good month off work and unless I'm going on holiday I tend to just work and I just keep working keep working and I say oh I'm gonna take a week off I'm gonna do a staycation and it's just never happened and I thought well no one's gonna do it for me that I don't have a boss above me or a manager saying you are getting burnt out you need to take a week off Hmm. so I have to be my own manager and say you need to take a week off because you've been working really hard and this is going to be good for you long term so this is the first time I've done it so this is the first week and it's the first day so I can't say yet how it's going
0: when we come back for the next episode you'll have to let us know how it went did you um, did you ever read the four-hour work week back in the day
1: no I actually never did I think I've got it but I've never haven't read it
0: yeah I mean I it was, yeah, it was one of the books that opened up this world to me. It's really quite dated now, but one of the things that was making me think of now you're saying this is the fact that he was saying that, you know, as a, as a a race, (laughs) we put off retirement until we're at the end, you know, when we're not perhaps in conditions to enjoy it as, you know, as we could now. And he was saying that about the whole idea of mini retirements, um, which has made me think of now of your sabbaticals every six weeks, uh, if you do have the income coming in, if you can build up those income streams, then why yeah. wouldn't you, you know, why wouldn't you, want I mean, to I definitely feel enjoy, whether it is relaxing at home, whether it is doing gardening, whatever, uh, that time when you can and make the use of it and enjoy it as opposed to, you know, putting it all together and then, oh, 65, you know, uh, retirement and, uh, then my bones ache and you know what,
1: <laughs> Yep.
0: it just made me think of that, so.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm definitely, I feel like I'm facing my mortality a bit more these days. I don't know if it's being a mum or whatever. I feel like I'm in that next, next phase of life. And I'm thinking, wow, life oh, isn't going to go on yeah.
0: That'll do forever.
1: It. And yeah, it, I do. I don't want to, I, I want to be able to, we're so lucky in that we can do things a little bit differently. So I want to be able to, I, I kind of see it as like an active retirement though. Cause I love what I do. I mean, I'm sure you're the same. Like it's really fun. It's satisfying doing this. I'd rather do run a business than play a video game, but I feel like I get the same kind of enjoyment out of it, you know, leveling up and there are some challenges and that kind of thing. And I, I really like it, but I want it to work for my life. So I want to have time off because I also have a lot of hobbies and um, that kind of thing. So, and I kind of thought, you know, I Client Portal, I'm so lucky, it's at a stage now where it's, it's really consistent and it's been consistent for years. I mean, it has ups and downs during COVID. It was really, really up after COVID. It's been a bit down, but it's consistent and it, it does well. And, um, I feel like if I'm not going to do it now, like, what am I actually waiting for? You know, obviously I know we're in different positions. You're just starting, you know, restarting a new business. So you might be thinking, "Oh, can I actually, you know, take off a week?" It's easy for me to sit here and tell you, yes, you absolutely should. And you probably should. But I also understand that
0: yeah, I don't no. know if I, mean, I would I, have been able to. No, I, I couldn't do it now because I'm back on the client work cycle. But when, with my previous business with Nusi, I did it all the time. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, I, I, I made good use of the uh, lifestyle business. Uh, and I really did. Um, and I think it's, it's important. You know, I used to, in fact, I used to go out and ride my bike a lot more often back then and go up into the mountains with a friend of mine and then people would see actually our photos on instagram even back in the day you know and say like you know what's going on why Why aren't you working it's like well you know i've got a business and i run it and i choose when i work and and have a good time and all our friends would call us like that we call ourselves the uh the poor millionaires because you know we we chose how to spend that that time so i think if you when you can get to that stage it's amazing
1: um yeah.
0: I probably yeah. should have done what you're doing now that we're actually planning it out better as opposed to just, uh, enjoying that time as of.
1: Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, did you plan anything or was it just kind of when you felt like it?
0: It was just that if I knew that there was nothing sort of on the cards, um, and I wanted to go for a ride, I'd go for a ride. Um, and then I, cause I always knew that the work would be waiting for me when I got back. Uh, if there was, you know, any support or if there was anything going on or yeah, it was never, it was never too much of a problem. And like you said, you know, I think you said it in another podcast, once you once your business gets to a certain stage, the amount of time you actually have to put into it anyway, obviously depending on the kind of business you're, you're trying to, to to build and to grow. Um, for me, at least anyway, it went down as opposed to, you know, going up. It wasn't that I was spending more and more time uh, in the business. It was more that it kind of got to that place where it was ticking over, you know. But I think again, you know, that would just depend completely on the kind of business you want because if you do want your business to grow and grow and grow then you can have to put that time in so some businesses i think are only are limited to the type of business they are so you can only get so far and i think and maybe that would be fine you just stay on this sort of plateau plateau is not a good word i don't like that word but you know just stay on that level uh, and that can be a good level but yeah i think uh i would really really love to be able to get back to that place again now Where I could do that and sort of relax and take the time off and not have to worry.
1: Yeah. Have you got anything in place now? So, obviously, you know, we've talked a lot about my goals and how I do things, which is, you know, the quarterly goals and then the six week sprints and then the one week sabbaticals. How is your working life now, Uh, you know, as someone who is trying to juggle client work with? building a software business from scratch do you have anything that you're actively doing or are you just kind of just doing what you can when you can
0: um well i was i was working to the the one day a week on on the feature flux on the on the software and then the four days on on client work i've kind of there hasn't been enough interest in feature flux basically something's got to change there and we can go into that on another episode because I think we would, it would go on for far too long otherwise, but basically that's got to change. So it would be silly for me now to spend all my time focusing on a piece of software that right now doesn't have a future. Um, so what I need to do is I think split this up into a few different goals. Um, I think I actually, once we finish recording this, I'm going to sit down with a piece of a pen and paper Um because my immediate need now or my immediate focus needs to be on getting enough money coming in to be able to one not have to worry about money coming in and two being able to look at feature flux or whatever that becomes in the future as well, but definitely as a definitely as a uh, sort of mid to long term goal because it's just not something that's gonna happen short term it's I've seen now unfortunately that it's not going to be one of these Projects that just hits the ground running and just all of a sudden word of mouth of hey everyone wants to use it it's not happening so I need to I need to bring the focus back to what is the the real world really in air quotes and try and I I was going to say push off push feature flux off as a secondary goal but somehow yeah I need to I need to really focus on the on the consulting thing and there are a few different things because we said before as well you know that. When you're in that state of, of fear or panic or, or worry, jumping from one thing to another, even if you think it is within your sort of wheelhouse as well. So obviously, my bread and butter and the way I can make the most money is through design. But I remember not long ago, I, I sent you a message as well, saying, "Oh, what if I, you know, try and do these courses on, uh, you know, for developers to plan and, and design their SaaS projects and things." And even now, you know, I can see that. Yes, that might be a nice idea to have at the short, long term as well. And because my immediate thinking is, well, that's going to be another revenue stream. But it also takes me away from what really is the primary focus and that needs to be (laughs) getting enough clients through the door. So yeah, I think I do really need to be far more critical in my focus or where my focus lies, basically.
1: Can you try and merge them somehow? So I know a lot of software products, really successful software products start off as services. And I'm not saying you would be able to create a service out of what Feature Flux does, but can you at least create a service targeting the people who would potentially use FeatureFlux in the future? Um, and then figure out how you can make money from consulting and services that's at least related in some way to where Feature Flux is going, because you'd get lots of valuable insights into people and what they need and what they value and um, which can help develop the product. And you'd also have a pool of potential customers one day eventually as well. So like,
0: yeah. s- like
1: start it as a service and then turn it into software.
0: Well, I, I, I kind of was though, because my primary client was, uh, uh, product managers at SaaS businesses. So I was working with them and looking through their processes and, and their problems, which is how this came about in the first place, but. Um, now I think, like I said, we would need to go th- through this in a separate episode. Um, I don't even think that product managers are the client anymore, the ideal client, or potentially Feature Flux isn't even the software that it, it, it was going to be from the beginning anyway. Um, because it turns out that pretty much the feedback across the board is, is that, um, yeah, it's a problem. Uh, what you're solving is a problem, but it's not a big enough problem for us mm. to bother with so that's a problem in itself so that that changes things significantly that either means I need to find a group of people who the problem is more who they feel it more deeply or if that isn't the case and that group of people doesn't exist then I need to really look at it again and say well do I need to go bigger then do I need to take the problem one step out do I need to just pin it and uh chalk it up to you know uh one of those things that tried and, and didn't work out so yeah working with people with potential clients and I would love to be able to do that and to to know that I was working towards something everything is so up in the air with this right now I just don't know how how I would tie that in and I would love to be able to don't get me wrong
1: one book you might I don't know if you've read it the irresistible offer by Mark Joyner I think
0: no I haven't read that no I think you've mentioned um, it before but I haven't read it
1: yeah well I'm reading it right now so but I might I'm sort of near the beginning um, but it's basically, it's talking about how to well craft an irresistible offer, whether it's a product or a service or software, and, you know, how to do it in a moral way, you know, no like mm-hmm. bait and switching, no tacky uh, marketing tactics, but, and it, it's also how to, you know, sell yourself as a person as well. It might be an yeah, interesting <laughs> book because um, it just tells yeah, you yeah. how to frame things. So how people think and how to come up with something that people actually want, whether it's a product or a service or something like that. Like I said, I'm at the start of it, but it sounds like it could be quite valuable for where you are right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I think distinguishing between what is a problem and what is actually a problem people are willing to pay for is not something I'd come up against in the past. For me, a problem was a problem. Obviously, I, when I say it out loud now, I'm in the situation I'm in, I can see it's not the same thing at all. But yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I might well, have to have a look at that book.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, lots to think about. So, um, But I think that's that's pretty good place to end it I'm excited to see that it's it's cool that you might be setting some goals that makes me feel like you know that, that I yeah I'm definitely gonna idea. grab
0: the pen and paper now when we finish
1: yeah cool amazing well I look forward to hearing what those are
0: oh, and, I look forward uh, to hearing about your first sabbatical and if you too. actually managed to relax and do nothing
1: yeah so far I've done a lot of cleaning so it's not very relaxing <laughs> but it needs to be done <laughs> right Cool. Well, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you want to hear when new episodes are released, you can subscribe in your pod- podcast app of choice. And if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer, we still haven't done our Q&A episode, but we <laughs> definitely plan on doing it at some point. We've just got too many things to talk about. Um, just email them to podcast at com or send us a tweet at non Thank you for listening and see you in the next episode.
0: Bye-bye.